My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. All right, everybody, welcome to the Fee-for-Service Podcast. I'm Dr. Sonny Spira, still filling in for Dr. Drew Burns. Drew, if you hear me, we're ready for you to come back, but not until after today. Today we have the granddaddy of them all. This was this was my dream come true to reach out to Dr. Gordon Christensen. I'm, you're going to be a couple minutes. I'm going to play the big fan because you've done so much for dentistry. You've done so much for me personally. Um, Appreciate that. I, that. I, yeah, I just I just can't say enough. But anybody who doesn't know you or doesn't hasn't read the ADA Journal hasn't has basically lived under a rock their whole life. And that's unfortunate. So uh, today he's going to talk with us about some fever service things, some trends in dentistry. I, I, this is, I, t- I just said to him off air, this is like a bucket list, a dream come true. I mean, I was so lucky. I went out and took a course with Dr. Christensen at his site in, in Provo. And it was, I always wanted to do that. And then now my son and I are going to be going out there as soon as this whole uh uh, pandemoniums breaks, isn't that what you call it? Right? That, that's what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> I've lived through a half a dozen of them and I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So let me just give you a background. I'm going to put it up on the feet, but, but let me just show you, let me tell you about hum- humility. This was what he sent me for his resume. And that's probably one fourth of what he is and what he does. <laughs> So Dr. Christensen is Chief Executive Officer of Practical Clinical Courses, PCC, Chief Executive Officer of Clinicians Report Foundation, which is CR, and a practicing prosthodontist in Provo, Utah. Don't forget that. He still practices. Hands are still in the mouth. Gordon and his wife, Rella, are co-founders of the nonprofit Clinicians Report Foundation, previously CRA. So those of you, my generation, for sure, you remember the green... CRA things that everybody had. It was the Bible. It's still available. It's just under a different name. Uh, currently, Dr. Relic is the director of the Track Research Division of CR. Since 1976, they have conducted research in all areas of dentistry and published findings to the profession. And the well-known CRA newsletter called Clinician's Report. If you don't have it, get it. It's the best thing since sliced bread. Thank Gordon's you. Gordon's, my pleasure. Gordon's degrees include DDS, University of Southern California, MSD, University of Washington, PhD, University of Denver, and two honorary doctorates. He is a doctor more of just dentistry. He has a psychology, family counseling, and we're going to get into it a little bit, but he's fascinating. I took his course live in, in Provo. It was phenomenal. I learned a lot about him. You have a nice dinner with he and his wife. It's, it's, it's got a casual component, but so much to learn. And, and, and you just got to you gotta make sure you have a pen and you write as fast as possible because he's just going to give you a ton of information. And I can't wait. I can't wait to dive in. 
Dr. Christensen, welcome. I'm your biggest fan, if not one of the Thank biggest. Sonny, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to. By the way, you got the right color hair. You know, these yeah. these people running around with black hair. You know, they're still in puberty. Uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure for me to have the opportunity to be with you for a few minutes. Uh, load me with some hard questions, will you? Oh, I, I will. I've been thinking about this since you promised uh, to be on the show. Um, I. I knew I had to, we have an hour, maybe I can get a little bit more than an hour, but we've got at least an hour and I put down some questions. Um, Good. Let's get, <clears throat> let's, let's get a little bit of, let's get some of your background. I want people to really appreciate oh, okay. where you come from, your education, your training. Please just share that okay. with everybody. They have okay. to understand where you I'll come from. I'll take a couple of minutes. I, uh, I, I came from a wonderful family. I had one brother, that's all. And uh, the family was, uh, what, were you, what would you call them? Working class. My father had a third grade education. My mother had a high school education. They were highly motivated to get me and my brother into something that would be beyond a job. And I classified vocations into three levels. Uh, after the Dalai Lama, he says, we have three, three typical kinds of definitions of what we do. One is a job. You work to feed your family, have a roof over your head. And that is, oh, wow. That's nearly 90% of the population. Even among the next category, which is a professional. Professional is expected to do certain things and they do it. And then there's not any particular motivation. And it's just their, their professional job. And he puts the third category into uh, where, and, I think you are and I am, and that is a passion. You love what you do, you want to do it. You don't want to get out of it. Uh, I, I, one of my pet peeve phrases is, what are you doing? Same old, same old. And I get so sick of hearing that from Dennis. Not very many, but a few should go into shoe salesmen or something else. Anyway, I grew up in a family of hard workers with very little money. A new pair of shoes was a, a yearly uh, major event in my life. And so uh, I came from literally no education. Uh, my uh, ecclesiastical leader, uh, I am a Mormon, so-called Church of Jesus Christ. And uh, my ecclesiastical leader was also a dentist and I really respected him. He, uh, he was a man very altruistic. Uh, a That's one cool. who would uh, literally give you anything you wanted from him that he had. Uh, I was wearing a tie one day when I saw him and I said, and he was too, and I said, I like that tie. And he just took it off and gave it to me. You know, uh, that, that kind of guy. Uh, interesting uh, that he motivated me that much because um, going to a, a state college, which I really enjoyed, Utah State in Logan, Utah, a little rural area. Uh, and I knew nothing. I was a Sigma Chi fraternity freak, but thankfully it didn't, it didn't drag me down. Most fraternities just uh, dissipate your mental energy, but I survived that and um, went on to University of Southern California where I knew nothing again, went into a huge community after living in a town of 21,000. So that was a shock. I had never seen a black person in my life because we're in a mountain area 
And uh, basically, uh, just nobody was there who uh, had any color on them. Uh, bottom line, uh, graduated at the Vietnam War time, got a diploma in my hand, and I got a commission, uh, officer commission in the, in the opposite hand. Went to Fort Lewis, Washington, uh, served thousands of young kids going over to get shot in Vietnam. Uh, that was an unbelievable experience. Learned far more than dental school, not even close. Wow. And then I thought, I love all of this. I don't want to specialize. And then I got thinking, well, I could be a prosthodontist because I can do everything in that area. And that's what I eventually uh, migrated into and, and uh, got my boards in that. I was recruited to teach at University of Kentucky as a 28-year-old kid who knew almost nothing. Uh, and I was, I was almost dangerous at that point. But that school started a revolution in the early 60s, uh, putting in what we called uh, a vertical curriculum. Rather than two years of basic science and two years of clinical, you, I taught them how to do the inferior alveolar nerve injections as they learned about the mandible rather than two years later. Uh, so <laughs> uh, that started a revolution in dentistry. All of us did. We were all young then. Stayed there a few years, went on to University of Colorado, helped start that school, was a clinical dean at that one. Then, uh, well, uh, had all kinds of adventures uh, speaking. I've been speaking, I'm, I'm past my 4,000th presentation at the moment. So uh, speaking has always been something I enjoy. Also, I did a lot of religious teaching. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Did Boy Scout work? Uh, I'm sorry, the Boy Scouts have gotten into so much trouble over the last while. Not the Scouts, the leaders. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, right. Isn't that right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the, uh, I got thinking, I don't know much about social science. Dentistry's loaded with social science. So mm -hmm. then I went back, did a PhD in, um, in uh, educational psychology, and that has been a marvelous thing in my life. That's just a little bit about me. My, my family, uh, uh, my mother and father are long dead, but even when they were in their mature years, uh, like 80 and even 90, they loved to fish. I would take them up to Alaska, Northwest Territories, and then do all kinds of things with family. The, the three kids I have, two are dentists, one's a prosthodontist, and the, my daughter is now working right here in PCC with us. You will meet her when you come out again. She's working on international dental education with us. That's way too much about me. What drives me? I think the good Lord put us here for something. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're just here to eat, sleep, excrete, and go to bed. I, I really don't think we are. I think um, I think uh, he had a plan for us, or she, whatever it is, and uh, got us here to serve mankind. And I really feel strongly about that. So in fact, I feel guilty if I'm. You get me on a vacation more than two or three days, and I'm, I'm uh, ready to get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> service, service. That's the way. 
I mean, it's 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 in your DNA. I mean, if anybody doesn't really get that from you and your lectures or your uh, your educational things that are out there, the videos, the um, the the plethora of written material. It's I know the Jada has your, has an article typically all the time from yourself. They're just not paying attention, you know. Too, so too I, many I, articles. <laughs> well, I've made it. A, I've made it a point in my career to make sure that I see you speak at least once every year, or if I can, it's every other year. So, and thank, now thank being you. able to come out, it's no, fantastic. I appreciate that. You know that the dentistry is changing so fast. I mean that mm -hmm. uh, by one year, well, about October of every year, I sit down and try to figure out, okay, what. What was really pertinent this year and what looks like it's going to become important next year. And that makes the CR update course, which is now in its 45th year, given all over the world. Uh, and every year, I think, as I make the course up, I think, well, what can I have in next year's course? And sure as heck, give it a year. And there's a whole myriad of new things that are out. Uh, and so uh, it's going very fast. Very so fast. Let's, let's 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 talk about that, right? Because it's obvious, you, you know, your passion and, and your your uh, you know your commitment to the profession and learning. And I think you 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 are a lifelong learner. If nothing else, people yep. should learn that, especially younger docs. That uh, when you think you know it all, you got a lot more to learn. So, yeah. um, so you finished, and then. You went on to the social sciences PhD, right? Yeah, yeah. And you you you've continued in that. And then, how did you? How did the CRA? How did the research okay. part and the independent research part? I think yeah, is very yeah. Important. Well, th this this might sound egotistical, and I apologize if it does. I was on ADA, almost all the ADA councils over my career, and being an academic. Uh, that was fairly easy. The first 15 years, I was a full, well, full-time. I was still practicing, but what they call full-time academic. And I could see, this is going to sound ridiculous, that the biggest companies always got the most emphasis when they try to get a product uh, through. Mm -hmm. A young, budding company would come along, and I'd look at something and think, wow, that looks good. But where's your research? How long has it been around? Who's funding you? And blah, 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 blah. And they never got in very fast. The big companies did, the dance flies, the 3Ms, the curves, you know, all the big ones. So I thought, hmm, why don't we start a group that does not have money as a motivation? Mm -hmm. Let's start a nonprofit one. And uh, my colleagues, I was then clinical, what was it, clinical, uh, Dean at the University of Colorado. They said, Christensen, you're going to go bankrupt in six months. Who's going to fund you? And I said, well, the dentists will. They want to know what product's working, and they want to know not six months or a year from now or in a journal uh, two years from now or in a book four years from now. They want to know now, today. And uh, that, that started uh, CRA. I'll tell you the story. It was an interesting story. Um, I was in a snowstorm going over the Wasatch Mountains at about, I don't know, 10,500 feet. It was a total whiteout. And um, I 
all of a sudden burst out of the clouds and into a brilliant night with a, with a full moon. And that's when the inspiration came to me to start Glenish Institute Report Foundation. Uh, well, then it was called CRA. And uh, I came back, told my wife, and uh, she said, uh, why are we going to do that? We're stable here. And I said, well, well, that's a long story. I won't go into it. Anyway, that evolved. She finally accepted. <clears throat> we, and we came to Utah. My church asked me to organize all the dentists in, in the Church of Jesus Christ. And there are about 3,000 of them. We organized those. And it's still functional. 47 years later, we're, we're, we meet annually with them. Almost a thousand dentists come, so uh, there were there were other reasons for me to come here that I didn't know at the time that the, the big man had some thoughts on, and uh, that that started it, and it grew slowly from uh, just a half a dozen study clubs that I had, ranging from New York to Alabama to Montana to San Francisco, and that became CRA. Now there are 450 of those. We don't expand it any. The 450 evaluators spread around the earth all over. So that, that's how it happened. I just wanted some, some group that was not money biased. Right now mm -hmm. there are 20 some odd groups that have tried to mimic us. Every one of them is for profit. How do I take 50 grand or 100 grand from a company and not be biased? toward them mm -hmm. yeah that, that that's the mantra no question i mean that's that's <laughs> that's the political re reality right uh, <laughs> I, th I think it is <laughs> it really is, you know you gotta have money in it to be in it but let's yeah. uh i think i'm not sure if people understand if they don't have the 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 report or the clinical um clinical newsletter clinicians report yeah clinicians report that you have it, and then even on the back page, there's five or six things, and it'll have you know 87% rated this as excellent or good. Yeah, and yeah. even people with uh, you know a, a nanosecond attention span <laughs> can pick up on a few things, and I've always I've yeah. always gravitated towards that. And and the rest of it, usually there's a couple things that are a little more detailed, and it is right interesting. On. And uh, so many things. It's almost like we always say, "Well, let's see what Dr. Christian says about this. Let's let's see where this is at." You know, because you hear, and you, and it is. It's about money and advertising, and and now yeah. they're getting into social media and the different sites, and they're kind of inundating you with it. And well, what are the people that are using it saying? You know, that's what we really kind of want to know. So, thank so, you for so doing that. Just minutes before we got on with you, we just finished the third revision of the CR report. And here's an example of what you just said. <clears throat> here's a product from 3M, Reliax Universal Resin Cement, which is the mm -hmm. newest iteration of uh, Re Relax Unisem 2. And this seldom occurs in a year of hundreds of products. This statement will only occur a couple of times. CR conclusions. 100% of 22 CR evaluators stated they would incorporate Relax, Unisem, Resin, Cement into the practice. 100% rated and excellent and good and worthy of trial by colleagues. That, that seldom occurs. We got yeah. one here at 70%. We got one at 73%. Yeah. So when a product gets 100%, you dang well better get it. 
Yeah, it's hard to get 100% a dentist degree on anything, even what day of the week. Oh, no question. No question. So during the time, I, I remember this very specifically because I had seen you speak and you said, I'm going to be taking a couple of years off and you did some mission work. Yeah. And and that had, how did you, how did you feel about that as far as impacting <laughs> what you had going? Because I would imagine a person with all the things that you had going to sort of put that aside and go do that work. How, how was that for you? Well, uh, I've asked, I, 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 I don't want to sound egotistical. I enjoy doing service with people. I've spoken in almost every developing country on the earth, free of charge, uh, around the world. And Rella and I were on uh, a trip going to Alaska to speak. Both of us were going to speak up there in Alaska, which we still do. And the phone rang. And it was a guy in the, the head office of my church in um, Salt Lake. And uh, they said, we, we want to talk to you. And I thought, oh boy, I'm in for trouble. So I uh, went in and um, uh, the good Lord wanted me to run a visitor center in Los Angeles, a good third world country. So uh, we, <laughs> oh boy, I found that out. I literally found that out. I'd gone to school there, but I had no, no knowledge of how diverse the population was. So uh, we went, sat there, and the guy pulls up this chart. And when he told me that, I thought, he's got the wrong chart. That's not me, uh, <laughs> but it was me. And so we accepted it. We had four months to ready ourselves. And this relates to a lot of you listening. I've asked many groups of dentists who does, um, not religious, dental missionary work. It's almost everybody. Almost everybody's doing something with the Kiwanis Club, the Lions Club, or whatever, and going out and serving. So um, it relates to everybody. But they asked me to go for a couple of years. 50 full-time employees, two major organizations, one yeah. nonprofit, one profit, and a practice. Yeah. <laughs> I had to really think about that. And that was 15 years ago when yeah. uh, I was still, uh, well, very, very active in everything. I thought and thought, and we accepted it. And uh, now, if, if you're not, uh, not you, but if the listeners are not religious, they won't understand this. Um, I asked the good Lord, how am I going to make enough videos in four months to support 50 people for two years? Usually it takes a full month to develop a good right. video. Mm -hmm. I did 24 videos in four months. And you got to think about that. And that supported the groups while I was gone. My son, Brasilonis, took over the practice. Uh, when I came back, I started a small practice and left him with the large one because I I treat a lot of dentists now, mainly dentists. So that's how that happened. And uh, it was a marvelous experience. I had uh, several hundred young women missionaries who come for 18 months. And uh, we had 1,000 visitors a day. It was a lot of handshaking. It was uh, an unbelievable experience. I had, oh several hundred speaking events, religious ones during that time. And dental ones, I did about 40 mm -hmm. dental ones. 
I was I was afraid that you were going to come back and retire from dentistry, so I was a little concerned. Like, well, I'll tell you, Sonny, it took me two years to get my brain back to teeth. I was practicing uh, about a half day a week while I was there, and I have a California license, and I I went to a friend's office. But uh, for those of you who are con contemplating such a thing, it took two years for me to get my my hands going, to get my brain going. But I did realize something profound, and that is we work our butts off in dentistry. Because mm -hmm. when I was there, I had hundreds of people I was supervising, and it was shaking hands, grinning, talk, 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 talk occasionally. It wasn't, well, I got a patient in five minutes. I got another one in 30 minutes. It was not the kind of thing you and I do all day long. Right. It was what a businessman does all day long. Right. And it is very different to jump back into a schedule of 20, 30, 40 patients a day. <laughs> and, and the body, right? And, and a little yeah. bit taxing on your body too. I think oh, people no underestimate question. that. No well, let's question. get into a little bit. Let's get into, and thank you very much. Um, so let's talk about, if you can, let's spend a little time on some of the advances in dentistry, some of the things okay. we started to, to talk about. Let's talk a little bit about either, do you want to talk materials, equipment, technology? Let's, let's sure, sure. Okay. Let's hit on some things that you see in, in, in terms of okay. advancing that look promising. Relax Universal mm -hmm. Cement, we're, we're, we're in love with that, yeah. but let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the most major, let's, let's call it voids in the profession is we treat more than we prevent. And I understand it. You're, you get more money for treating, and therefore there's a psychological uh, reason why many will emphasize the treatment. Uh, and we have not had many um, preventive products that, that uh, really work. Glass ionomers came around 30, 40 years ago, but they were hard to use and sticky and slimy and uh, basically wore down. Well, there's been a major change in the last one year with products like Equia Forte from GC. Keytac Universal from 3M. And uh, Voco's got a similar product where they've made the glass ionomer not sticky. Uh, I'm sure you'll remember, honey, when, when you mix the glass ionomer, you could string it up about three inches. And wow, it was hard to eat. You put it in the prep and you pull it out, put it in, pull it out. Uh, now uh, these three products are not sticky and you can easily put it in the, the if nothing else the, the millimeter millimeter and a half thickness in the bottom of a prep after you've disinfected the prep and i'll get to that in a minute uh, and it was putty and then over the top of that you would place uh, do your acid etch which does not influence that partially set glass on them other than roughing it and therefore there's a there's a contiguous and uh, retentive surface there. Put your favorite class two composite over the top because the class two composites in all of our research, particularly Dr. Rella, my wife's research, all of the composites, and you're just looking, well, right now on that same report I showed you a minute ago, they're coming out this month. Let me give you the website on that if some of you don't know. This is one long word. One long word, cliniciansreport.org, just like it sounds, clinicians with plural, cliniciansreport.org. 
org. You go in there and you will find an enormous amount of free information. Go to the bottom of the homepage and you will find a lot of stuff on infection control that actually refutes a lot of what CDC, EPA, FDA, all of the big boys are, are stating. There's a lot of stuff out there that's highly questionable. Uh, and you'll find out if you want to how to how to get 15 years of research um, uh, by subscribing to the CR report. We're the only nonprofit group in the world in dental materials evaluation. Anyway, this month, uh, coming out in a couple of weeks, will be an evaluation of the composites, and the composites still, the current ones, are shrinking two percent. What Rella's research shows is around the margin of every composite that you or I have ever done, there's a void that to her electron microscope looks like, much like the Grand Canyon. Therefore, when you think you're sealing a composite, you're, you're dreaming. Therefore, what would seal the prep? That glass ionomer has an ionic exchange of fluoride exactly with the tooth structure, and it would be in the base of that prep and you're saying, well, how would the fluoride get out? Because the composite leaks incessantly from the minute you put it in for its entire lifetime. That's why a typical class two composite uh, of GV black size, the average international data on it shows only six years of survival. Uh, an amalgam, and I'm not promoting amalgam, but amalgam goes double that amount of time because it does not shrink, if anything, it expands slightly and uh, somewhat closes that gap. Therefore, glass ionomers, the new glass ionomers are a major jump forward. Absolutely no question. And uh, minutes ago, I was talking with a colleague about uh, Glidewell's laboratory in Southern California. Jim Glidewell, I'm on materials now and the changes that have happened. Jim Glidewell, highly innovative guy, squirts the, the questions and thoughts out of his mind faster than you can even hear them. And he said uh, about 19 years ago, he said, uh, my wife asked him, Jim, would you make a Volk's crown? And I don't know if you get that analogy. Uh, the people's crown. Oh, that okay. would not be $350 a unit or some absurdly mm -hmm. high fee. And he took that to heart and that initiated the, the, his thinking. And he said, well, why don't we do it out of zirconia? At that point, zirconia had been around about 20 years, not in dentistry. Uh, it's in your car transmission. It's everywhere uh, mechanically instead of steel. So, uh, his staff thought he was nuts, no, no question. And they have 3,000 technicians in Glidewell Lab in Southern California. So he um, started the Zirconia crown, and it was ugly. If you yeah, remember yeah. the original crowns, oh my gosh. It looked like a six-year-old kid had carved a bar of ivory soap is what it looked like. <laughs> it, totally opaque, ugly, bulbous. And uh, then they started uh, putting, uh, well, earlier than that, they started doing zirconia base with ceramic over the top of it. And uh, we got in a research project with that. Almost every one of them failed within one year. But the, the full zirconia didn't. 
We've been on full zirconia now uh, in research, uh, Dr. Rella's research in track for 10, 10 years, going on 11 years. And here's a direct quote from her. And she is one nitpicker, best researcher you're going to find in dentistry, PhD. Rella said, this is the best tooth colored material that that is not metal containing, in other words, a metal base that we've ever had in dentistry. Uh, the, the current generation of zirconia, I'm going to say something weird, is not zirconia. You're getting zirconia that have been that has been infiltrated with oxides. Uh, and what's happened, the aesthetics got a little better, but the strength dropped enormously. So uh, I, I don't have time to, with you to go into that detail in our, in, in, we have 15 courses in Utah, 15 two-day courses. One of them deals very particularly with this restorative two, which is all fixed prosthodontics, how to make it faster, easier, better, and less expensive. And that particular course, we go through the classification of, the, of all ceramic crowns. The original zirconia, I'll say this slowly, the original zirconia that came out of industry was what's been classified as a class five. That won't mean anything to you. But this next designation will, the yttrium oxide that is contained within the, uh, the zirconia crowns uh, if it has three molar percent yttrium oxide, you can run an army tank over it, but it's ugly. So if you, if you raise that to four and five and six molar percent of yttrium oxide, you eliminate upwards of half of the strength of the zirconia. And that's what you're getting today. The big companies are pushing that. They're not pushing the 3Y. Can you make a 3Y aesthetic? Yes, 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 yes. It's going to cost you a little more money. You have to put internal, internal stains, not external stains into it. I'm, I'm going way too wildly on here. Um, the 3Y zirconia, if you don't know what I'm talking about, ask your lab tech. And if they don't know, find another lab tech because <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting some Chinese junk Often, yep. some of the Chinese is good, but they're getting some bad stuff for a few pennies. You know, the zirconia doesn't cost that much. The bottom line is that is not just a new thing. That is basically a revolution. Right now, 70% of the crowns being put in in the U.S., I don't know the world data, uh, are zirconia of some form. Unbelievable. And now, just yesterday, I was on the phone to uh, Tel Aviv, yeah. Israel. And uh, for the first time, I'm excited about so-called disinfecting materials. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Weiss, who is an academic or was an academic, he's now uh, in charge of a major company, He's been uh, investigating for since 2006 how to place into the filler constituent of composite resin 
uh, quaternary ammonia, benzoconium chloride. And you're thinking, well, won't that all leach out? And the answer is no. Uh, he's made a positive negative orientation. So the whole external surface of this uh, composite resin has uh, benzoconium chloride uh, activated particles on it that do not dissipate. As I said, they go flat in 2006. That product it will be on the American market very soon, and uh, you will see it coming, and they will be advertising uh, long-term disinfection. As you know, we have not had disinfection. That, that, if that really does what it looks like it will, it'll revolutionize dentistry and prolong the longevity of restorations. As you know, Sonny, we've been promoting uh, Dr. Rella's research of uh, using glutaraldehyde-containing yep. solutions on the inside of the preps. And we know if that's done properly, products like Gluma, that was the grandparent product, but mm -hmm. the, the lesser expensive is now coming from Zest Dental Solutions, Zest, mm -hmm. and it's called Microprime G. That's 5% glutaraldehyde, 35% hydroxyethylmethylcholate, and uh, two, I'll say it slowly, two one-minute applications directly on the prep. Can be an indirect pulp cap with a little brown left. It can be a pulp exposure if, you, if it's bleeding slightly. Uh, not, not magenta, not green blood, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it's just good red, slightly flowing blood. That will disinfect that tooth clear to the pulp. And oh, now, doctor, I, I have yeah. to interrupt you for a second because I'm yep. going to get cut off. I have, I, I, okay. I, I don't want to stop this, but I have to set up another one for some reason. Okay. Uh, they're giving okay, me a hard good. time. So no we're, problem. We're going to stop just this. Me, I'm going to set up one. Start again. I'm going to set up another one. Hold that thought, Microprime G. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for listening to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our Fee-for-Service Dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.